With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Good morning, everybody. I'm Lisa Stone. I'm here with Sandy Franz. I'm on the West Coast. He's on the East Coast. Hey, Sandy, how's it going? Hey, Lisa. Very good. Thank you so much for having me today. Of course. So you and I just kind of met online and we don't really know each other so well yet. And um, I don't know who in our audience knows you, but why don't you give us a little bit of your backstory in tennis? Tell us what, how you came up and what you're doing now. I basically, um, I started playing tennis at a later age with 12 and a half, 13 years. And my dream wasn't to become a professional tennis player, but my coach made me in Germany realize very quickly that, you know, it's a long pass and it's very difficult to become a professional tennis player. So he mentioned to me 17, 18 years ago that there's a pass of college tennis in the United States. And I was like, wow, this sounds amazing. What is it? I have no idea. And um, so I started looking into this and I was able to work with a company uh, in Germany back in the days. It's called Uni Experts, who helped me to find a university, you know, find an opportunity to play college tennis. And I made my way to the University of South Carolina Upstate, where I started playing and competing in Division Two. And the last two years, I was actually competing in Division One. And my experience, and I'm very grateful any day about this experience that I had the chance to play with a scholarship in the United States uh, to play Division Two and Division One tennis was absolutely amazing I, I love the college system so much i love the people i love um, the way everything is set up that you can compete on a high level but at the same time you're getting in a first class education um, all the professors have been so helpful throughout the whole process and 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 love my experience here in the us so much that um yeah i went uh, finished my degree i i went back to europe for a year i took my master's in sports management but the last 10 years I've been basically helping with any experts, other tennis players um, from all around the world, to be honest, but also here in the U.S., some of them, to play college tennis and, you know, find the right school because there are many different schools, many different coaches, many different majors you can find. And um, my goal is to basically share my experience with others internationally, but also now here in the U.S., um, to find the right school because I know it's an amazing opportunity and I absolutely love everything. The reason why I moved back to the United States and then I finished my introduction is that um, my wife, who I actually met, where I met in London, not in the United States, is American and, and we, she's from New Jersey. And uh, she said when, I get, when we get married, I was able to pick the state and I loved South Carolina and Charleston so much that we, are, that we decided to move here. So that's nice. my short version of the story. Nice. So, you know, there are a lot of people that say, you know, we need to be limiting the number of college or international players on college teams because they come here, they take the scholarship, they get their education, then they go back to their countries, then they don't ever give back to their community here in the States. You are a living, breathing example of somebody who came from another country, 
valued your experience so much that not only did you come back here to contribute, but you stayed in the college tennis world and are making a, a big contribution in the college tennis world. So thank you for that. I appreciate the kind words. Thank you. Yeah, I like I said, it is something so unique where I do believe the United States, the, the way you value sports and the, the way you value commitment, teamwork and yeah. and build a team. I think it's something so unique and I feel like it's amazing to spread that with the world and, and be an open country and invite people from all around the world to, to participate. And what I loved about my experience was that we had Americans in the team, we had internationals in the team, all these different cultures to get to know the cultures, get to know their, you know, what they're doing, like from South America, the American culture, then the German. And I personally love that melting pot of international and Americans in, in one team and going to basketball, watch basketball and, and, and build relationships with those people. Like I said, I, I love my job. I love giving back. And I, I'm, I just, because it gave so much to me in my life in, in, in the world of like giving, getting a great education, um, you know, building great relationships, friends and network all, all around the world. So I'm very grateful for that opportunity for sure. Sure. And I see you're wearing a Selenko shirt. So I got to give a shout out to my friends, Katie yeah. and Norman at Selenko. Hey guys, if y'all are tuning in, um, love those guys. And it's a great company for those of you not familiar with Selenko string and they make a lot of other things now, but um, take a yeah. We've been working with them and in Germany uh, with only experts, we are basically, and I know in the US it's more common about like, you know, recruiting showcases like for college coaches and stuff. And in Germany with only experts, we have been building a tennis showcase. We started seven years ago and Zoninka was from day one supporting um, the showcase. And it has been an amazing experience. Like, unfortunately, this year due to COVID, we had to cancel the event because nobody knows if you're allowed to travel. but. It normally takes place in July, and we had like 120 kids from all around the world, 45 coaches flying from the U.S. to Germany. It was a nice event, and yeah, uh, I love Solinko, and I'm very grateful for them to support not only the showcase, but now here, the tennis series of Charleston Tennis Circuit as well in the U.S. Well, and they're they're huge supporters of college tennis overall. Um, they support a lot of programs uh, here in the U.S. And you know, I'm I'm not as familiar with their international support. So nice to hear that they're supporting events overseas as well. So talk to us a little bit about international recruiting because I had posted a question on a college recruiting Facebook page, um, I guess two weeks ago now. Just asking, you know, are international junior players aware of what's going on with college tennis here in the States with COVID-19 and cutbacks and um, programs getting cut, scholarships getting reduced, recruiting budgets being reduced, coaches not being able to go to things like recruiting showcases, etc. And the answer I got from pretty much everybody that responded was, you know, they may know a little bit about what's happening, but they don't really have their finger on the pulse of how dire the situation really is in this moment. Now that's not to say things aren't going to change, but as of right now, the news is not great. And I couldn't agree more with you. It's a, it's a very important aspect in the international recruiting. Of course, I mean, there is the news and you get the media and you get information about college sports and tennis but it's not in as much as in depth if as if you would be here i think the international players who are currently actually involved in college tennis like they're playing for school they are informed and they're getting all the messages they're staying in touch with the coaches they're staying in touch with admissions to see what's going on 
but especially for the ones who are planning to come in the future, especially the ones who are getting like consultation right now, I think, and this is a shout out to all recruiting companies who work internationally, I think it's very important for us to make sure we educate those young, um, you know, ambitious athletes. It's not only tennis, like it's many other sports as well, you know, to educate them, make them aware of the situation, make aware of changes, you know, something we just done with any experts, we have done a questionnaire for all the coaches to get feedback, like, how do they see the recruiting in the next year? Um, what are you looking for in the future? Do you need bigger budgets from players? And so we can adjust the consultation with those young, ambitious and, and you know, future athletes in the sense of like, hey, if you want to play college sports, you might have to have more money, you know, might to invest more money, you know, the scholarships are more limited. There's more uh, demand for it now and, and things like that. So um, that's something we are really trying to be proactive with only experts and trying to adjust to the new situation, which of course is new for all of us. And with you know sadness, I'm following like programs are being cut. And as unfortunately tennis is one of the first programs which is going to be cut. Um, you know, when, when I talk to coaches, you know, some of the universities are giving different tiers to different sports. And most of the time tennis is like in the lower tiers which was, you know, was the TMI, I follow this. But we are trying our best to make everything possible to support coaches, you know, and and help them and build more trust, especially in those difficult times, you know, uh, share information like um, I'm joining calls with coaches and see, you know, well, how can you do fundraisers? What can you do to be proactive and, and things like that. So I think it's very important for the recruiting companies now to really make an adjustment to be very honest and, and communicate very good with those young kids who plan to come in the future. Right. And let me just say really quickly, uh, those of you watching, if you have questions, you can just type them in the comments and I'll see them as they come in and can relay them to Sandy. So make sure you do that. But um, Sandy, one of the things you said, um, you know, was about the college chance programs being kind of in, at the bottom of the list in terms of priority for universities to preserve in this time of big budget cuts. One of the things that's come up in conversations that I've had, and I'm sure in conversations that you've had too, is, you know, if you have a college tennis team and there are only eight or 10 players on the team, that's an easy target for athletic directors or university administrators because it's only eight kids that are impacted. And so what I'm starting to hear now, and I don't know if you're hearing the same thing, is this talk of we need to expand our roster size. Not that more kids can be in the lineup because the lineup is what it is. You know, size is what it is. But we need to engage a bigger number of kids on our team so that we become tougher to cut. I, I know some of the programs um, have discussed this and some of the programs are actually already implementing those changes and some of them have done it in the past already. And I agree, um, it's, it's a way to, you know, being, the chances to be cut less is, is, is there. However, I think an approach and which I've felt like in the most discussions I had with coaches is like to really be proactive. You know, um, to, to, to engage the people more, the alumni more, be more engaged with the community, be um, getting more people involved in the tennis team, you know, having more people donating money to the team. And I feel like that's where I try to encourage coaches a, little, a lot more as well, because if you have the community, the tennis community in your college town or wherever you are, you know, you are located, 
is behind you and they're supporting, they're coming out, they're giving yearly donations and the alumni giving more donations, even internationals, even if it's only like $100 a year from an internet, it doesn't matter. Like you, you're building that community and I think that's something where I personally believe is going to be a huge difference in the future where coaches have to try to focus on like, okay, yeah, coaching and taking care and managing a team, which is already so much work and takes so much commitment. And I know that. But on the other hand, I believe a huge aspect in the future, which I think makes a difference for college tennis and getting cut as a program is if you have a community behind you, it's very hard for an athletic director to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to cut tennis. Yeah. So I feel like that's an important point and, and I feel like a great change in like, you know, the communications of the coaches which I've been participating, that they put a lot of focus on that and you know, seeing how they can engage more community, building fundraising, doing events and, and coming out to the tennis clubs and play. So I really hope this is gonna be the route they're gonna take and I deeply in my heart hope that this shows the athletic director that the tennis community and the college tennis coaches are proactive and, and you know, showing them we're gonna make this happen and even COVID-19 is not going to, you know, kill us. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the specifics of international recruiting, because I think there's a lot of confusion around how a player outside of the United States is, one, even, you know, identified by American college coaches, and two, what the requirements are to apply and become accepted to a college or a university here in the States. Because obviously, SAT, ACT, GPA, that's a very American, you know, kind of thing. So what's it look like for those kids outside of our country? It's uh, and and it's a great question, Lisa. First of all, I, I have to admit it's it's uh, amazing because you know the the Americans they grew up with all of this right. for national kids. This is something completely new. So I feel like um, when we we have like free consultation sessions with any applicant um, coming to any experts, we we have a free individual consultation to explain them how the process works, what they can expect. We, it's like an interview kind of thing to see if mm -hmm. they you know fit the college level and if they fit you know, budgets and needs and things like that. And yes, then what we do is we guide them through the whole process. Like you said, you know, we have SAT prep, we have TOEFL tests. So internationals have to take TOEFL tests. Now Duolingo is becoming more popular with COVID-19, which is another language test. So they basically, those tests are um, to see how their English level is, to see if they're going to be, you know, doing well in school. Right. So they have to be able to be able to sit in a lecture or read a textbook or whatever, write a paper and have a good enough command of the English language in order to communicate clearly. Exactly. And I can talk only about my own experience on that part. And, you know, when I came my first semester, it was a huge change. I mean, my school English, my high school English was pretty good. I had it for like seven, eight years in high school and I was fine to have a conversation. But now I'm coming to South Carolina where it's like a certain... Accent. Right. I was right. going to say the so, southern accent. Oh, gosh. That's accent, so yeah. I fly in and, you know, I get there and, you know, I, I was really having a hard time to first understand because I wasn't used to this. Right. But I, something I love about the college system, the support of the professors in my first and like all the years, but especially my first semester was amazing. So like my English went from like, I would say a five to like a nine and I felt wow. so comfortable because, like, they help you. If I have a question, I have, and I could always ask them. And so that's something I loved so much about the college system because they treated me like, you know, I was any student, but so supportive that I would be successful. And when I had felt that comfortable support from the school, 
I felt like I'm going to make this happen. So I got to work longer because my first semester, my English wasn't the level of any native English speaking person, right? Or student. Right. But it was so helpful that I, I made it happen. And I that's why I love my experience as well so much because the support was there in any, any means. However, to come back to your questions, you know, it's, it's the SAT they have to take like any American kid. We take the TOEFL and the Duolingo test now. The Duolingo is something came up in years. We um, did the TOEFL test more. Most schools accepted it. But then we have to translate all the transcripts from, you know, the native language in English. They have to be certified. Um, then the application process is longer. We have to do a visa process. So you have to go to the consulates in Germany. It's in Frankfurt or like in Munich or in Berlin to get a visa. So you get a student visa, which is valuable for four years so that you can graduate in time. Right? It allows you to get through customs when you get to the States exactly. and, and be legally in this country, which we'll reserve comment on that for a later time. But um, I mean, it's it's not just so simple that, you know, they decide that they want to get recruited by a school and the coach, you know, signs off on it. And here they are. There's there are a lot of steps. OK, so, so keep and going. What, and that's what we help. And then, you know, something here in the U.S you grew up with oh what is the NCA you have college sports what is the NAIA but in Germany nobody knows or like in right. international recruiting nobody knows so I, Americans don't know either Americans know division one and that's it um, that's we it. are terribly undereducated on division two division three NAIA junior college terribly undereducated yes and I personally believe it's there are amazing schools, um, and I don't want to mention certain schools now, but, you know, if, if you have, like, uh, affinity for arts, there are amazing schools in arts in, in the West Coast, actually, like uh, in Division Two, and, and one here in, in Savannah in the NAIA, which yeah. are great in sports, but amazingly academically. So I feel like, and that's where I really hope we can make a difference, is, like, we can educate those kids, because our goal is not only to find the right school in tennis, our goal is also to find a school which academically suits exactly the needs of our, you know, students. And that's something mm -hmm. we pride ourselves and hope that, you know, spread the word here in the United States a little bit more as well. Also in shots and like, you know, that people get to know me, you know, how we help kids. And, and that's that there's more, there's not only an NCA Division One, and it's amazing. And I love NCA Division One sports, don't get me wrong. But, you know, there are sometimes really good fits in schools which are NCA Division Two, NCA Division Three, sure. or NMA, even junior college sometimes, you know, if this is a route you have to go. So... Right, right. And I think, you know, it's interesting because we see a lot in Division Two, um, very international heavy rosters in Division Two tennis, uh, very few Division, I mean, excuse me, very few American players on the rosters in Division Two. And again, I think it's because we're undereducated about what Division Two has to offer. And most of our kids and as a result, the parents are brought through the tennis journey thinking it's division one or bust, right? If you don't go division one, you failed somehow where that's really an incorrect uh, assumption a mindset. And every kid is so different. And I'm glad to hear you talk about like, it's not just about finding the right tennis fit. But just like with the American kids, you have to find the right academic fit. You have to find the right geographic fit. You know, if a kid comes from a country that they're used to tropical weather all the time, they might not be so happy in a, a place where there's snow and ice on the ground five or six months out of the year. You know, so all of these things um, come into play. Um, Scott's saying tennis on campus has hurt that as well. Scott, I'm not sure what you mean about that. Maybe you can clarify in your comment. Um, 
what you mean by tennis on campus has hurt that as well. But um, I just, you know, there's so many factors that play in besides the amount of scholarship money. And I agree. Like what we do is before, you know, um, when kids talk to different schools, like we sit down and we discuss exactly those things. Like, do you prefer a big school? Do you prefer a smaller school? Do you like to be in a big city? Do you prefer to be on the countryside? Because these are all factors. If you're coming from a, if you live in South Carolina a little bit more on the countryside, is it smart to go to New York and you know have a completely different lifestyle? And those things are like you just mentioned. Do you want to have a big school, a small school? Um, are I think important factors to decide where you're going and 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 where tennis could take you. Also, because like I said, I I was lucky enough to play Division Two and Division One tennis. Um, as you know, like this, I get this question all the time. It's like when you become the Division Two champion, you basically get promoted to Division One because that's something yeah. which is very common in international sports, right? Yeah. And I said no because there are certain um, regulations from the NCA that you have to have right. to do Division One. So right. it's I, like the top teams in Division Two, amazing tennis. I mean, they're playing high level, and um, it's 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 really really good tennis. Uh, and I'm, same at Division Three, and same at NAIA, and really? same at junior college. Same I mean, the, the teams at the top are. Unbelievably good. So Scott just clarified uh, what he meant that tennis on campus has hurt things. He says a lot of players will go to a larger school and play club tennis instead of going to a smaller D2 or D3 school and playing collegiate tennis. Okay, that that's what I thought you might have meant, Scott, but I didn't want to make an assumption. So, yes. Um, and I, I think we see that more with American players than we do with international players. Am I right about that, Sandy? The, oh, the international players aren't coming here to play club tennis. Correct. They're coming for scholarship spot and, or and, potential and scholarship spot. Potential. Like we have walk-on kids. Like who just sure. want to come over to the United States and, and you know, we work with Division Three and other schools um, where they, they want to have the experience of getting an education in the United States, learn English, play tennis – but also, like, you know, get a good education, which is right. where the tennis is focused, but not and the academics is very high as well. So um, it's, it's, it's nice to get a scholarship, but it's not always guaranteed, you know. So one of the questions that I get a lot too, Sandy, is, well, not questions, but kind of comments is, you know, why aren't the, the college coaches doing, working harder to bring Americans on the teams? Why do they just default to the international kids? And what I hear from a lot of the coaches that I talk to is they would love nothing more than to fill their rosters with kids from their local community who the local community already know and would come out and support in terms of watching or writing checks or engaging with the team. But a lot of times those kids just aren't available for whatever reason. And there's a myriad of reasons. So where they've got to fill their rosters, right? They got to go somewhere. So if the American kids aren't available for whatever reason, then they're taking that step and starting to explore opportunities with kids outside the U S and let's face it. There's some amazing players from places, you know, well-known and not so well-known around the world who come and bring an invaluable, um, kind of cachet to the team you know they they bring that extra something uh because they're from a different culture they're from a different background they may speak a different language they have different traditions and from from an enrichment standpoint i mean what a gift to everybody on the team to be able to learn from one another like that 
I agree 100%. And I think one of the, and there are many, many different issues, right, with that. And, and one of the point you mentioned, or the question was even said that, you know, some of the good kids that then decide to go to a school, but then prefer, I, I'm not going to make the team, I just want to play club tennis or like, you know, joining the club. So I think there you lose a lot of players, unfortunately, alone in the US system, which could be good players in whatever, like any other division, like lower division one school, like, um, or middle middle division one, division two, division three, NAIA, whatever it would be. And, and yes, of course, then also, like, if I look at the coaches, you know, the pressure and, like, being successful and, and things like that, and then they see I have a hard time to recruit local kids or, like, even kids from here, and but I have to compete at the same time. So I think it's a it's a really fine balance. Um, and, and like I said, for me personally, I felt very lucky. I felt very appreciated. Um, it was open up in the American community at my college. I still have relationships. I still go and visit the school. Um, as as can, even though my tennis program was cancelled like before COVID nineteen, unfortunately, uh, I still love the people there, and I I think it's it's a huge blessing in the sky and something I appreciate my will appreciate my whole life, and um, because it's such an valuable thing, college sports and tennis in general. Yeah. So let's switch gears a little bit because something else you're doing right now is yeah. running a series of junior tournaments and you're running them through the UTR platform. So um, those of you who have been watching these live streams over the last couple of weeks, you know that uh, USTA junior events are on hold right now. Uh, the big national events, we still don't know about national hard courts, but obviously clay courts was canceled. But UTR is providing this platform for tournament directors or anyone really who wants to step up and hold a junior tournament. So, um, Sandy, why don't you tell us what you're doing? And really, I think one of my questions and biggest concerns because we're in the midst of COVID-19 is what kind of safety measures are you taking and are you hearing from other tournament directors that they're taking to make sure? Sure that families traveling to these tournaments are protected. Great, uh, um, such a good question again. And let, let me start from the get go. Why UTR for me? Um, I I got with UTR a long time ago in the sense of like I heard about it. We, we since we host a showcase in Germany and I'm a little bit responsible for that. Um, and we know that college coaches are really looking for universal tennis ratings nowadays. And no German tennis player gets UTR. So there are no verified UTR tournaments in Germany. We decided that our tennis showcase should be UTR tournament so that the coaches at least get a chance to see what their UTRs might be in the future, right? right. And um, so I got exposed to UTR that way. Um, the showcase has been hosted with UTR for the last three, four years. Has been good to us, valuable. And, and I enjoyed the platform in the sense of like using it as an, as an event organizer. Yeah, it's pretty and, simple to just jump right in and get your tournament set up, enter, enter scores, and it's easy. Draw. Like you know, you have flexibility in the sense of yeah. the process. Do you want to do round robin? Do you want an elimination? Right. So there are different a variety of things. I mean, for me, the main reason why I used it back in the days because I wanted to give the kids who we work with and who come to our showcase to it's coaches are looking for it. So that was my main reason why I used UTR. Sure. Right, and for the coaches to for the kids to get UTRs and for the coaches to see okay, they are competing for UTRs as in Germany and some other European countries, they don't show any UTR results, right? Okay. Um, so coming to the United States um, and living in Charleston now, which is unfortunately the clay courts, which are around the corner where I live, I got canceled in another organizer, Patrick Kiewer, a fellow German of mine and good friend. Um, 
yeah, got cancelled. Really, really sad decision, and I hated to see that because I really wanted to see them this year and see all the college coaches coming. But um, yeah, what we are doing here, and I, I'm creating with my wife together, Kelly, um, an event series for juniors. We do also some adult tournaments, but mostly juniors. Okay. Uh, for to compete, right? And and basically present myself as like, okay, I'm organizing events. I'm in the tennis community and and building a relationship with those kids. That they also know, hey, there's a college recruiter out there. So if I ever want to have help, there is somebody I can, you know, trust and I can build a relationship with and hopefully can consult them in the future about that there are different opportunities as we discussed before, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what's the key of like starting this tournament. So my wife and I came up with the name of Charleston Tennis Circuit. So we are focusing specifically in tournaments here in Charleston, in the area of Charleston, of South Carolina, as this is a, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's so much tennis going on here, which is amazing. And what we are doing is we are hosting several tournaments throughout the year for juniors. Um, we have now one coming up um, on June 19th to the 21st at Waldoons, which is a very nice facility. Right yes. on the farm. I don't know if you have been um, with 17 clay courts. Um, I, I got to know the tennis professional or the head, um, um, Carlos, uh, who was a great college tennis player himself from Mexico. Uh, was number four in Division One in doubles. Uh, amazing. I mean, really good tennis player. And, you know, he said, I want to support tenants locally and want to provide more opportunities. And that's where we come up with the whole concept. And our goal is also to create relationships and have an event experience than just a tennis tournament. So mm -hmm. in the past, like for our other tournaments, you know, we had a photo booth, we had a player's corner for the kids where we had like a Nintendo Wii where they can play Smash Tennis. We had like a player's party where we had like food, where we had guest speakers, where we built more relationships, you know. Um, we really try to make it an engaging and fun atmosphere for the kids. Um, you know, we start thinking about like getting like pad, like, you know, the player cards that they have their own player cards for the future so that they feel like, oh my God, I'm at the professional tennis tournament. So that they have fun. It's more like about a new experience. And that's where my wife comes in because she's from the event world and thinks outside the box. I'm the tennis guy. I'm thinking tennis related and she thinks outside the box. And that's yeah. why I love Y'all are a good partnership. I got very lucky on that sense, like, amazing. <laughs> like how, how, how we, you know, it, it's just great to have different yeah. you know, things and, and opinions about it. So coming up with the tournament now, and I, I have following, unfortunately, everything got canceled. And I've been following Germany quite a bit since I'm from there. And in Germany, actually, they started playing national tournaments again this weekend. So officially and, and listen to everything. And I follow, of course, South Carolina guidelines. So. And with, with Breaking Heart, we decided that we want to host a tournament. That was a good part. But with Breaking Heart, we're going to took away all of the other social aspect of things, right? Because we wanted to make it a secure and safe environment. So we put COVID-19 measures in place, saying we limit the tournament for 60 people. We only play singles. There's no doubles. And, you know, it was for me more like, and for Kelly, to have an opportunity for the kids after two, three months of not be able to play sometimes not even able to practice right. to come out and have a chance to compete against, but level-based, meaning like against kids of the same UTR. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's something I really like. I like when there's the matches like six, seven, seven, six, seven, six, instead of like one, six, one, six, one. And, and that's what yeah. we pride ourselves to really group the people in, in groups that they have, at least from UTR-wise, from the level, it's going to be a close match. And we guarantee three matches. So all the players are going to have three matches. However, your question was more about the safety part, right? Yeah. yeah. So what measurements did we put in place? Uh, first of all, as, you know, co like communicated from all, it's like six feet um, difference um, 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 space, right, apart, which is very important to us. 
what we also encourage all the people to do is bring their own chair. So we're going to have two markers, one on the left, one on the right, right? And we're going to mark them and we're going to ask the one player to put it on the left-hand side of the field, the other one on the right-hand side, so that they have different angles. We Our also own space on the court, you're saying. Always space on the yeah. court, right? Yeah. And we also ask them to make sure that um, when they when when they uh, finish their, their courts, we have disinfection stations, like with all the stuff, so that they can clean the equipment, they can clean... I scheduled every match. I have a half an hour break, so my wife and I can go to the courts. We clean all the equipment and all the stuff, so it's clean um, to make sure they feel safe. We ask every player to bring their own water bottles, enough water that they can last the whole match. Mm -hmm. um, we ask them to, you know, only come 10, 15 minutes before the match, um, check in, go to the court, and we kindly, and I hate it. I really don't like it. It's not what I want to do. No, of course not, me. because you want them to socialize. I you want, want them, them to, to interact, but... Right? We just can't right now. We can't right now. So we ask them to write after the match, report the score to us, and I even tell them they can text me a text message on my phone. I don't care. And then leave again. And, and, mm -hmm. and don't bring too many friends. We ask them to maximum bring two or three friends. Family is fine, but I don't want, we don't want anybody else on the facility because we really want to make it a safe place to play. There's no indoors. I mean, you don't have to go indoors. We have an outside uh, registration. Um, there is a pro shop, so if you need stringing, of course, you can leave the rackets outside. We're going to give it inside to the uh, coach, and he's going to string the rackets. That's no problem, but there's no obligation to be inside. Everything is outside. We encourage people to wear a mask. My wife and I, we're going to have a funny CTC mask with a smiling tennis ball, but mm -hmm. we don't force anybody to do that because everything is outside, right? So right. I think there's enough space to you know keep the distance and things like that. And, yeah, I, I also scheduled – we have, like, 12 courts available – I scheduled the first round, for example, like if there's one round, I have six courts coming at 10 o'clock and then the other six courts coming at 10.30. So there's always like a spread. Staggered, yeah. Because I, we're just trying to avoid everything as much as we can. When they sign in, we have six feet, like, I don't know, in Costco, in our place here in Charleston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The marks on the ground. Yeah. We do the same. Um, we really, it's all about like being proactive. Um, for example, our waivers, we, we everybody has to sign a waiver. I do it now digi digitally, so every player gets an email. They can sign it online if they want to. Nice. So we, we're really trying to be proactive. However, we just um, my wife came up with a great idea as well. Now we still want to be social in the sense of like you can be digitally so social, social, right? Yeah. Sure. So um, we have like a little you know fun pop uh, props uh, in the welcome bag, so that they can take funny pictures, and then hopefully they can post it on social media and have like a little nice. competition there. Um, but like any social, um, we 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 want everybody to be do social distancing at the event and at the venue and yeah trying to encourage competition with safety guidelines of COVID-19. So one question that came up in regards to another event um, that I hadn't even thought about but what if somebody is diagnosed with COVID-19 during the event? What what do you do in that case? I mean I think the likelihood's probably pretty rare um, unless they were already, you know, exposed, let's say, before they got there, obviously, but... You know, and that's something we have them sign the waiver for. I mean, we asked, asked them, and I think the USDA did a great job on that part. They had like this, um, you know, if you have any before, you know, outbreak, if you had any symptoms before, you know, um, please don't sign up. And we really encourage that, like, really don't sign up. I mean, if it happens and somebody finds out about it, you know, we will put measures in place to see, okay... Who, who have you been playing with? Who has been in contact with you so that we can provide those information? Because I, with the tournament scale, I see it. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's, 
it's it's we will do our best to prevent everything we can do. If something happens, then we will we will go from there and, and think about it like how we should Sorry, my dog is going nuts no. a second. <laughs> That's Sully and Louie next door, and they're going to engage for a second. Um, so another question I had for you is, again, regarding COVID-19. And, uh-oh, wait, we're getting ready to have a bark fest here. Okay, hang on one second. Sully, hey, Sully, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> he can't help himself. Um so I don't think we're so concerned, you know, necessarily about, it sounds like you have um, accommodated to make sure that people aren't going to congregate, that, you know, they're going to keep their distance and all of that. But one thing that you and I were discussing before we went on air is this whole notion of, I'm so sorry about the dog. Hang on. Somebody's at my door. <laughs> it's crazy around here. One of the things we had talked about was that, you know, why Sully, 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 come here, Sully, Sully, oh my goodness, um, was the reason for playing the tournaments in the first place, right? So... I've said this several times over the last week or so, USTA has frozen its junior rankings. So nothing your kid is doing right now is going to factor into the USTA ranking. So this sense of if I don't take my kid to a tournament, they're going to fall behind their peers and it's going to negatively impact their ranking and their ability to get into other events and their ability to get recruited for college. That's really irrelevant right now. And you have to have a different reason for wanting to take your kid and for your kid wanting to compete right now. Let's talk a little bit about that, Sandy. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, when I talk to, like, you know, I'm, I know a lot of coaches here in the community, um, and I've been talking to them, and it, it felt like that, you know, there was not a need, but there was a desire for some of the kids to play. And, you know, right. my goal with the tournament was not like to provide, yeah, you're going to compete for every, every match is for very fucking right. But, you know, I agree with the point of view in the sense of like all the USPA rankings are frozen. However, I felt like some of the kids felt like a need. I want to compete again. I want to be, sure. I want to, you know, have competition. And that was the goal with this tournament to say, we want to build you a self environment, but also give you the opportunity to start playing again. Because once the USTL opens up again and the tournaments are running and you had a chance to compete already some matches, you are a little bit like, I wouldn't say ahead of the game, but you feel a little bit more comfortable with the tournament setting again. And that's actually funny that you mentioned this because I just had the um, Carlos, the head the tennis director of Wadoons giving tips about like what to do after COVID-19 to yeah. you know, start playing a tournament again because you haven't been competing much. So um, I think it's a, it's a good, you know, chance for kids to come out again, compete, show what they're, you know, that what they have missed for the last three months. But it's for me, yes, it's great to compete for UTR and it's great to improve that rating. Um, but for me, it's more about, hey guys, there is a chance in a safe environment to still compete, enjoy and play the sport you love in a competitive environment. That's the main reason why we do this. And 
that's why right. we and let's not worry about utr let's not worry about usta ranking let's not worry about tennis recruiting stars right now let's just phase back into competition because you know the last thing we want is for these kids who have been sitting out for three months to come back to their first event and wind up injured or wind up sick yeah. because their bodies aren't used to the vigors of competition you know they they haven't been out there and we don't want them to come out and overdo it um their first tournament back and then they you know they're set back another however long um because of injury or illness so i think we've all got to use some common sense around this and really watch our kids as the parents and as the coaches keep a close eye on your kid Notice, you know, their energy level. Notice how they're eating and drinking. Notice how they're moving on the court. Notice their mindset. You know, are they freaking out over this or are they able to just kind of calmly step back in and be out on the court and enjoy it? And take your signals from your child. Let them guide how quickly and how much you get back into competition right now understanding that we've all been away from it. Everybody's I, I agree. I think that was really well phrased. And I mean, the, the good thing is, and like I said earlier, we limited our uh, registration to only 60. And I, I, we opened this tournament for any level, as long as they can prove full court, right? Because I didn't want to just say only the top players or like the, you know, yeah. beginner, like we wanted to offer this for tournament for everyone. And um, so we have from one UTR to 10 UTR players, which is awesome. And I love to see that because, you know, even... Beginners, if they want to compete, I wanted to give them this yeah. opportunity. And yeah. but how I, are you structuring your draws? It's great. Um, what I'm going to do is we just do round robin this one. Um, okay. We want to guarantee everyone three matches. So I'm going to look through the levels. I'm going to group them in groups of four, and then they're going to play three matches. It's a minimum of three. So if I have uneven numbers, I even ask the kids when they registered, would you be willing to play a fourth one if you can? And they all give me like an answer. So if, if I feel like I have uneven numbers, I provide as long as the weather permits, even a fourth match if they wanted to. Nice. So it's for me about like playing time and opportunity instead of like, you know, this is the winner. And something which we love and unique about this tournament, because it's not an elim elimination round, right? We don't mm -hmm. can give an award to the winner. You're the first place. So what yeah. we came up with is we have two different awards. Um, we have a sportsmanship award for female and male. So whenever somebody is like, you know, Air high five, good ball, clapping hands. No high fiving, no high fiving, touching rackets. Air high five, like like from oh, air high five, air high five, like this. No touching, no touching. It's even called in our guideline, and we hang those guidelines, by the way, out. I'm still, pitch. I'm still pushing for namaste. I, namaste. I, I, I like that too. That's really I, nice. I'm too. still pushing for that. Nobody's picked That's up a, on that one yet. But. I've never, never thought about. It. That's a great one too. Uh, we, we call it like I made a video and I said an air high five from six feet apart, so just no contact and. Um, however, we have a sportsmanship award and we're going to mail those. I mean, they're not going to be handed out at the front. We're just okay. going to mail them out at the end. And um, then we have to achieve uh, like a, a top performance award, we call it. So for every game you win, it doesn't matter if you lose or win, you get one point. Okay. And then when you win a match, you get another three points. So at okay. the end, even if you lost one match, six, seven, six, seven, you get 12 points. And then you, win your other, you have a chance to still win it. Yeah. And we do that for the female and the male. So it doesn't matter which level you are, you still have a chance to, to win that award. And, and that's how we, you know, structured a little bit to basically get playing opportunities out there again in the, in the competitive environment. And I have to be honest, the, the, the desire right now has been great. We have already 45 kids registered, only 15 spots left. And we have until next week, Tuesday. 
when the registration deadline is over until 11.30 at night. So um, the, the feedback and the interest has been great. I'm, I'm very, very, happy, very happy about it. Fantastic. And I can't remember if I put the link to register for these tournaments in the little description of our live stream here. Um, I can type it into the comments too. So those of you who are looking, because the UTR URLs to register for tournaments aren't like just straightforward. So and we have a website as well. I mean, um, the charlestontennis.com. Um, we have, we provide all the information, what we are oh, all good. about, our mission, um, what tournaments we are having since we have more tournaments throughout the year. We have one in uh, another junior tournament in October. We just have another one in December, one in March next year. So there are many more tournaments coming and yeah, we, we want to build something which people recognize as a great event experience when COVID-19 is over again. Even with COVID-19, we want to, you know, secure safety and, and provide all of that. But, um, yeah, provide tennis opportunities in the, in the area of Charleston. And we have players now, which I was actually really happy about, Florida, North Carolina, um, Georgia. So it's, it's really nice to see players coming from all around the state to play that nice. Yeah, nice. Think, so again, it's charlestontennis.com. Charlestontennisscircuit.com. Excuse me. Okay. Charlestontennisscircuit.com is where you can go to see the schedule of events and the links to actually register for the events. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. And and I have one last thing for sure. And um, I, a big thank you to all the sponsors. I have to, I mean, of course I want to recognize, I mean, Zolinko has been supporting from the get-go, which is amazing. They're providing, you know, all our kids getting a string from Zolinko. We have a nice welcome back with the CTC logo. We are all nice. brand everything we do. Um, but also we have Sportsmaster. I don't know if you've heard about them. They're doing resurfing courts. Yes. Uh, hard courts. Yes. They've been really generous in supporting the whole mission of uh, Charleston Tennis Circuit and have been doing a great job. And uh, yeah, there are many other local sp uh, partners as well, which are like, you know, making CTC possible. So I'm very grateful for all of the supporters. And we call it, I show you, we call it Game Changers. Love it. Yeah, so we come up with funny names. So, you know, they get like a little brochure. They're all presented in here. So it's going to be nice. So all the kids and parents, they have in the welcome back and just making sure that, you know, we have all partners presented in the, in the tournament too. That's fantastic. You were going to share your screen on something, and we had talked about that before we went on air. Do you still want to do that? Yeah, I can definitely show that. Like we will, and hopefully you can see it now. Um, here, let me bring it up. We have basically COVID-19 guidelines and we have like an infographic. So we will be hanging those out during the whole venue. Like, so on the court so that you can see it, it's basically saying, you know, keep the six feet distance. Um, you're wiping the, you know, wiping everything after the court, bring your own chair, just come ready to play tennis, you know, in your outfits, the, the locker rooms are closed. So you don't have to go inside, you know? And so we're going to hang those everywhere at the facility. So everybody, knows we're going to send them out by email before the before the tournament starts so people and parents feel like oh yeah we feel safe we know what we have to do and um yeah they're going to be all over the tournament and at the venue to be uh, to be seen perfect all right i'm gonna take that back down so we can be back on the screen hang on here we go um so marcus dayton is um commenting all kinds of stuff and asking you to do stuff, Sandy. So you're going to have to go on our Facebook page and read all of his comments. He's got all another coming up. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else I haven't asked you that you need us to know about the recruiting stuff and about your Charleston tennis circuit? Um, one last thing about the Charleston tennis circuit. If people are coming from further away, um, we, Wild Dunes is a very nice 
hotel resort as well. Like all the kids can register and they get 25% discount, but they're not obligated to stay there. It's just an, an, an option. Um, we're not okay. being obligated. And um, yeah, what I can just say from my end is, uh, Lisa, thank you so much. And if there are any questions for any of your parents, whenever you get a request, please feel free to reach out to me, forward me the information. Um, I'm here to help and answer any question with regards to recruiting. If it's international recruiting, great. If it's recruiting in the United States, I'm, I'm here to help. And um, I've been doing this for the last 10 years and I, I love what I'm doing and I love building relationships with coaches and, and players and families. So if there's anything I can help you with your journey and, and helping parents, I'm, I'm here to help. So, and I'm, I'm very Absolutely. grateful that you had me here on the show and, and, and keep doing a fantastic job. I really enjoy watching everything. Thanks so much, Sandy. And thanks for taking time because I know you are a busy guy these days. And just a reminder to all of you, if you're interested in getting more information on the Charleston Tennis Circuit, it's just charlestontennisarchit.com. Very simple. And um, all the links to register for the events will be there. And you can also reach out to Sandy through the website or by commenting on this live stream and he'll take a look at that. Um, if you have questions uh, regarding recruiting stuff too. So again, thanks Sandy so much. It's Friday. I, I'm so at a loss for time. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> the day off yesterday and actually went up to Los Angeles and went berry picking with my, well, we went hiking first and then we went berry picking Beautiful. and yeah, it was really nice to have a day with my daughter and then my other daughter came for dinner. So um, we had a nice day, but um I'm, I'm kind of out of whack. Yesterday seemed like Saturday all day, and now it's Friday. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I, got I got you. Before the tournament, the week before the tournament is always like Same all over the place. Thing, right? You're just yeah. trying to figure out where you're at right now. Exactly. But uh, again, thank you so much for doing this. And um, for the parents, if you're looking for a competitive opportunity for your child, please check out charlestontenniscircuit.com and have a great weekend, everybody. We have another one of these live streams coming on Monday to talk about USTA's announcement earlier this week. So hopefully y'all will turn tune in for that one. And if there's any topic that you'd like to see us discuss uh, on this kind of platform here, please reach out to me. I am open. If you would like to come on and talk about something, I'm open to that too. I'm just trying to get information out to the families out there who are just kind of struggling with how to get their children back on the courts, back training, back competing. So um, we're here for you. Sandy, have a great weekend and best of luck with your event. Thank you so much for having me. Much appreciated. You have a good day. Thanks, you too. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.